Hello and welcome to the Coffee with Alchemy Consulting podcast. I'm your host today and my name is Eva Keegan. I'm delighted to introduce our guests today who are Luke Jacobs, partner at Alchemy Consulting and Pierre-Yves Rahari, who is also a partner at Alchemy Consulting. Hello Eva, good morning. Hello Eva, good morning. Good morning to you both. I'm glad to have you with me today as we're going to be discussing the 2023 playbook for the investment management industry. And I think you've both got a lot to say. Since we started our podcast in 2020, we've seen priorities and trends emerge, peak, and in some cases dip. So for 2023, we've got some really interesting topics to be looking at, and we've narrowed these down to four headline areas, and they are investment and distribu- investment and distribution, geopolitics and regulation, technology, which of course is a very broad area. And finally, we'll be taking a look at the people part of investment management to explore what this all means to you if you work in the industry and especially at CXO level. So Luke and Pierre-Yves, you're both going to be tackling these topics and um, looking at them from different angles. So first of all, I'm going to ask you, Pierre-Yves, to give us an overview of investment and distribution in the industry. How do you see this panning out in 2023? And what have you got to say on the topic? Thank you, Eva. I think I'll tackle I'll tackle your question in two buckets. One is investments and one is distribution. And we'll f- I'll focus only on a couple of topics. On the investment side, definitely, definitely a return to the famous 60, 40, 20, 22 was a very difficult year for the fixed income area. And that all has to do with the risen interest in response to the inflation which happened across our industries. And we're probably going to go back to some level of normality in 2023, so which will allow the rebalancing on 60, 40. So that's point one. Point to an investment is the continued debate between active and passive. So it's absolutely no news, but it will continue. And then the third point maybe I want to highlight on the market is not necessarily a readjustment, but a rebalancing of the valuation on private assets. Those three points are probably the the most important ones we want to highlight on the investments. In terms of solution, I'll put aside um, the impact of geopolitics, which we'll discuss later, but the one thing we're seeing, which is a trend that is continuing, at least for our area, is double. One is an increasing move of the decision on distribution on the continent, and that has simply to do with the infrastructure that was established post-Brexit, where a lot of sales office were attached to companies based on the continent. And this is definitely related to post-Brexit movement or post-Brexit infrastructure where sales office and decision makers are increasingly established on the continent. So that movement one, a movement two that will continue is the increasing, uh, I'm not going to say power, but reach of the platforms in our distribution. Wow, that's quite a lot to be taking on board, but you make some very interesting points there. And Luke, what's your view on this? 
I think there are some additional points when it comes to investment and distribution. And last year we had, for example, we had a mini budget that really, let's say, shocked the markets quite significantly. And a lot of asset managers were grappling with with the outcomes of it. And it has set a different tone when it comes to managing, especially um, pension money. And there is also where the market is moving further and further away from the defined benefit into more defined contribution. And that will have some impact on the investment area. For example, to still, let's say, have good base uh, performance in those investments, index doesn't necessarily cover it enough or is too volatile. And there is maybe a bit of a resurgence of quant, of good quant supported by technology, where uh, it becomes able to make better decisions on what to invest in instead of just following an index. And I think that will, let's say, trigger through in a broader portfolio of defined contribution. That is one thing. And the market in the UK has quite some exposure to that. As Pierre-Yves already highlighted, distribution, yes, I, I, the European Centre has moved to Europe after Brexit. And to support that, it really, the industry really needs to look at its target operating model to support that. It was very much driven by, often by target operating models as known in the UK. And that needs to change to target operating models that are much more concentrated on an EU market or even beyond. Because often out of, let's say, centers as Luxembourg or Dublin, the European and the Asian market is being serviced. And the requirements are different and the operational environment needs to support that. And that is also where I think ultimately asset managers need to put more effort in ensuring also that they can grow in that area. The UK will remain, I believe, really a center of expertise when it comes to asset management. But after Brexit, let's say the beneficiaries of this will be more and more global and not just the UK. So that brings us nicely on to our second point, geopolitics and regulation. Could you explain your view of what's going to be happening in this year, Pierre-Yves, and what, what you think the headlines are going to be? I'd probably focus on three points, Eva. The first one will be Ukraine. The second one will be, again, UK-Europe and then China. And I'll explain my views on the implications for the industry. So Ukraine, um, point one, it's all the consequences of the Ukraine war on the um, asset classes and the pricing of assets. So that will continue to be impact, to, to, that will continue to have an impact on us. There is a correlation between what happens in Ukraine and the inflation. Again, that continues to have an implication for the industry. And I'll stop my comment there because we've kind of covered it under the investment. The second point on geopolitics is the situation of UK versus Europe. We live now in a post-Brexit world. That's our reality. The main question that I would monitor closely on both sides of the regulation funds, and there is correlation between geopolitics and regulation, is the question of divergence or convergence in the regulation that would be governed in our industry. 
when we talk to our clients and we talk to the industry, there is a very clear sense that the desire of the industry is that we keep some sort of, shall we say, convergence between the UK and European regulation because it makes sense and because it serves the industry. But it remains to be seen whether this will be happening in reality. For example, the EU are launching the equivalent of the um, value for assessment program that they used to, to run. And then the UK are going to move into the taxonomy of ESG that were launched by the EU. So are we able and do we really want to use two sets of regulations that actually will be serviced the same outcome? And that will be one of the key questions this year and the years to come for the industry. Um, and last but not least, just a word on China. China is reopening. We've seen that in the last few weeks. So let's look at the implications for the industry. Are we going back to the pre-COVID world where we were establishing businesses, creating share classes and funds in the country? Are we restarting the initiatives to support wealth management in China. All of this has question mark, but definitely to be observed in 2023. Great. Thanks for that. That's very insightful. And especially hearing that you're getting feedback from people, you know, in the industry. I think that's always good to share those insights. And Luke, I'm sure you've got something to contribute here. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think especially around regulation. We are now three years into Brexit. And I think there is a feeling when we speak to the people in the industry that they rather go for convergence of the regulation than completely divergence of it. And the reason for it being that ultimately the industry, 75% of the AUM is not UK AUM, so not UK clients. And divergence therefore would mean much higher costs for the industry and nobody has any interest in it. And I think let's say the regulator in that sense, and, and again, listening to the industry, and I think also from a personal perspective, should be focusing on making uh, the UK an interesting place to continue managing assets of clients that are based anywhere in the world, not through divergence of regulation, but by business climate. And I think if the regulator manages that, then let's say the UK slash London sets itself up for ongoing success. Thanks for that, Luke. It's very good to get an understanding of how you see the UK in respect to Europe. We are going to talk about our third point, which is technology. And we've had so much hype around AI and crypto at the moment. It's hard to see the wood for the trees. And in fact, prior to doing this podcast, I did ask ChatGPT, what the top points were for the industry this year. And they did come back as pretty vanilla, which is why discussions like this are so important to have. So Luke, you've got a lot to say. I know this area of interest to you. So tell me what your headlines are for technology in 2023 for the industry. Thank you, Eva. Yes, technology in 2023. Let's start first with crypto because we've had a lot of hype initially and i think it has come down a little bit in the end for me crypto is just in in a way a certain asset class that in, in which you can invest you cannot invest it is still very volatile in its let's say valuation in its use etc 
and it is an asset class that is called developing. In the end, I'm more interested in the technology behind it, like digital ledgers and blockchain, because I do think that are the technology developments that are really going to shape the industry in the next five to 10 years. And clearly that there might be areas in the industry where that is is much quicker. For example, in the front office, especially trading, blockchain definitely has surfaced already and is becoming more and more important. Blockchain is now moving into also, let's say, the distribution and sales process with certain companies having serious offerings in that area. And the next area, therefore, where where that will be felt, that kind of technology of digital ledger and blockchain is more and more in operations. And again, as I always say, it's like those technologies are absolutely fantastic, but the operating model behind it needs to support it. If that is not the case, then blockchain is not going to work. A digital ledger is not going to work. You need to be efficient. You need to be fast. And uh, it needs to give the right information at the right point to be able to to introduce blockchain or digital ledgers. As an example of that is, for instance, AML KYC, which at the moment is still a process that takes on average three to four weeks. Clearly, that is not suitable for moving into blockchain or digital ledgers. That needs to be sped up uh, quite significantly. Otherwise, that blockchain train sits stuck in at the train station of AML KYC. So coming back to technology, those kind of te- technologies will start entering the market also in the operational area. And I think that will continue over the next uh four, five, six years until we get to a certain level of maturity. So you're talking about digitalization and transformation? Yes, absolutely. And that is always, it's not about the technology. It's not about the bits and the ones and the zeros. It's about the operating model that sits behind it. And you need to understand that, how it is today. But I think you need also to have an open mind to be able to design the process of the future. Because it is not just, call it, digitizing what you have today. Sometimes you need to look at it and say, like, we have to do this different. And there are processes in, a, in our industry we have to start doing different. Yes, I totally agree on that. From a digitalization and transformation perspective, Pierre-Yves, what are your thoughts on technology in 2023? I think... I'll second Luke's point about um, bringing technology and digitalization to every single floor in the industry. And that is happening now. I want to go back very, very slightly on my comments on geopolitics and regulations to support one of the examples Luke just gave on AML KYC. When you look at the Ukraine situation, what is happening in the back office of investment house is all of a sudden a realization that the AML KYC process looking at the composition of the portfolios and ultimate beneficiary owners coming from Russia is very, very difficult to detect, which has massive implications for the investment industry. 
And this is where the industry needs to start putting two and two together. Do we have the means to manage situations that are outside of our control, but that are heavily impacting the industry? And it becomes obvious that the digitalization of processes has become an urgency, is becoming necessary. And I think I'll stop my comment there. It's just supporting Luke's comments by adding a very, very current example. So that's my first point. My second point probably would be more on the implications of AI and technology on the type of investments and product we offer in the industry. And it's very clear that there is increasing conversation around the offering of index portfolio of personalization of portfolios, which we discussed on this podcast a few months back, but are becoming a reality. It's been a reality in the US for a long time, and it's really an application of quant and AI to managing portfolio for investors, and it's gradually coming to Europe. So that is something I would watch. And we've covered there how technology has an impact on operations and investments, regulation investments, and product offering investments. So very, very exciting topic. So you talk about the urgency around the Ukrainian situation. Do you think the industry will speed up as much as it did when we went through COVID in its digital response? Or do you think it's not on the horizon particularly quite yet? I think it's the former. We've had a few conversations in the industry where we actually were able to articulate that the use of technology, which was contained initially to the portfolio management piece of our world, is gradually moving to the product management world of our industry and the distribution as well. COVID forced the industry to look into how can we intelligently understand where the conversations happen, where the flow are coming, where the flow are going, um, because we couldn't meet people in person. And it's going down to the operations. And, and we can see that in the allocation of capital in our industry. I think there's a very clear understanding. The urgency is there, that it's, it, it's an allocation of capital that we're going to have to make. Just to add a little bit to that, I think COVID was very much, uh, let's say, Initially, let's say technology, as people said, like, oh, yeah, we've started much more using of technology, etc. And we've had previous podcasts about it. it, but it was very much about starting to use technology that was already there. There was the technology itself was not not new. And then you can say blockchain digital ledgers are not new either, but they are still a technology that needs to be developed in its use. And that is, I think, where the current situation is different from that of, of COVID. And, and for sure, COVID probably has given us the time to think about technology and what to do with it. I think last year was clearly a very different crisis that, that was contributing to, to inflation, to energy prices going up, to markets being much, much more volatile. Yes, again, the mini budget was pretty much, at least in the UK, quite a big shock. 
now we're the industry is very much saying like okay and how can technology help us with those kind of things and how can we still create performance for our investors during covid there was less of a an issue about creating performance for investors now that is back on the table and that makes let's say i think also the use of technology different going forwards that brings us very neatly onto our final point which is about people We've covered a lot of ground and I suppose the art of understanding all of this is how we interpret it across our roles in the industry. And of course, much of this is pertinent to those working at CXO level. So I'd like you both to share your ideas about what people should be thinking about in 2023 and also what they're going to need to take ownership of. Luke. Very interesting subject and I don't want to fall into the trap of, let's say, flexible working, etc. I think flexible working is going to stay to a certain level. But at the same time, I think what we've just talked about the previous three subjects also indicate that we need to go to a level again of being together, being creative, being able to really listen to each other and creating new things in the industry and therefore I do think there is a need for being together and not just sitting behind the screen and at the same time I think let's say what should people expect going forwards and that's then again linking to technology we have in our industry also more and more robots coming in they will take over the simple tasks within the industry etc and that doesn't mean that therefore things will disappear but I think the responsibility of positions or will change. And that is the thing also where technology is, I believe, is great because it gives us opportunities to much better analyze, uh, build new skills, build new responsibilities in the industry that ultimately, I think, benefit performance in the funds, but for instance, also governance, understanding and making, therefore, better decisions than what we've been used to. So that is maybe not very specific on people, but I would summarize it in a way like, be prepared for a change of your job, because it won't be as it used to be. But the positive person in me says it will be more interesting. Yes, some very good points you make there. So Pierre-Yves, how do you see it panning out for CXO level this year? I'm at the risk of repeating the theme that Luke offered. I think helping the firms in the industry to prepare for those changes is paramount. Not only prepare, but accompany the people in the industry because the change is happening now it's not happening tomorrow it's happening now so that one point point number two which is almost pushing open doors keep looking at the generations that come in after us Uh, so not only in terms of the participants in the market and the people who are going to work in our industry but i'd say very much so looking at the investors The industry has an extremely beautiful mission, which is to preserve and grow capital. And we have to add to that mission or integrate in that mission the needs and the aspirations of the generations that are coming after us. And that's the connection on ESG. 
vast connection on technology and innovation. And in fact, it's really a way of bringing all that together, not only in the way we do business, but in the product we offer, in the way we invest. And it's the art of bringing all of that together that is really, really important for the CXOs to take into account. Not an easy exercise, but definitely an exciting one. And if I can add just one thing to it, I think, as Pierre says, our industry has a great responsibility of ensuring that, let's say, capital growth and that certain outcomes are created. And I think it is important to think of that and in five or 10 years, each individual can say, I left a positive legacy behind. It might be very philosophical to say that, but I think that needs to be partly our guiding principle in the industry. Great. So all in all, it looks like it's going to be a pretty progressive year across, across the globe in the industry with technology at the forefront of it. Thank you both for a very insightful discussion. And it's always good to take a macro and strategic view of what's happening and then drill down and apply that to the industry through various lenses. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Eva. Thank you very much, Eva. Thanks for listening to our playbook for 2023. That's all for the discussion today. And if you would like to meet up with us for a chat and a coffee, please do email us at inquiries at We are also happy to accept suggestions for guests and you can nominate yourself for that too. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do feel free to share it on social media. On Twitter, we are algamy underscore consult and on LinkedIn, algamy consulting. Just search for us there. Thank you for listening and we'll be back very soon. Goodbye.